Yeah, it's all about the giving, the spreading, yeah. the um, yeah. the charging others with it. And it, it's not like it leaves you. It's like it, it can only grow. It's not by giving it away that you're like then losing the crystal. It's helping it exactly. multiply a positive virus yeah. in a way. Hey everyone, it's Rago. I'm back with Mind Rolling and uh, an old friend. We we only know not as old as you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Looking good though. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Uh, Ramin and Nazir. And uh, uh, he is a man of many talents. Uh, Some of the caricatures of the podcasters that you see on Be Here Now Network come from him. Uh, and he's done other stuff uh, for us, for the foundation and so on. So he's very talented that way. And you still have the podcast going on, right? I sure do. I've got two podcasts, actually. I have one called Rainbow Brain Skull, which you've been a guest on before. Um, That's where I interview mystics, artists, creatives, those types of people. And then I've got another one called Mind Under Matter with Shane Moss. And uh, we, we kind of take a more science uh approach to that one we kind of study the underlying mechanisms of what makes us behave the way we do like why are we irrational sometimes where does this come from and try to break that down yeah right you know uh that just reminds me i did a podcast the other day with an amazing uh woman a social scientist and uh she uh a therapist psychotherapist and she had written a book around how do you manage parenting and work and thrive, which is mm. a huge, huge thing. So the whole book was full of different um, presentations around what you can do to get a new perspective, shall we say, and be able to manage the uh, the duality that we set ourselves, polarity that we set ourselves into about work and parenting and so on. And it was, and I, she knew, of course, where I came from, the East and Ramdas and all that stuff. And she said, you know, I don't really know that much. I'm, I'm not that well versed in Eastern philosophy and so on. I'm more attuned to the science of, of what is. And I said, well, you know what? I, I went into your book and it's all be here now or <laughs> mindfulness or, you know, I mean, it just couched differently and it's really part of the one. There isn't anything separate. And of course, His Holiness the Dalai Lama is, uh, you know, really pushing for, um, research and so on around some of the meditative, uh, accomplishments that Tibetans have and just the, the the reality that Tibet Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism represents are being uh, absolutely uh, confirmed by yeah. the, the various different uh, scientific experimentation, etc. that are going on. So I love that. You know, what Me you too. just said is, you know, here's something that's science-based and everything. The way that it's coming together, especially Tibetan Buddhism, which to me has the most, well, this is just personal projection. I wouldn't know. (laughs) 
but uh, their version of reality seems quite sophisticated. Is uh, can you uh, indulge me here for a second? Mm. But I, I know that yeah. there's uh, Mahayana Buddhism and Theravada <laughs> Buddhism. Are those both Theravada, Tibetans, yeah. or no. is one of them Tibetan? No. So, so in the generality of uh, Buddhist paths, Theravadan is is the one that sticks to the original. Uh, utterances of the Buddha, you know, and, and doesn't, the Buddha is the teacher, you are the teacher, it's non-dual, very much so in that way. Uh, and then there's Mahayana Buddhism, which starts to encompass uh, a greater purview uh, around the Buddha's teachings, and then all the way, and though that's what was developed in North India in 12th century, 13th century, where they had this incredible, Yesterday. yeah, incredible uh, university called Nalanda. And from there, amazing, amazing um, transformed beings came to be. And one of them, Naropa, I believe. And I'm not, I mean, intellectually, I'm nowhere near being able to really elucidate. Uh, <laughs> I kind of absorb, it's like the art of motorcycle. You know that book? Um, a Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? I haven't read it, but I know that book. Oh, it's I always love the title. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. It's basically, I mean, amongst other things, this is really going on a tangent uh, from Tibetan Buddhism. what I'm Buddhism. here for. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically about, okay, there's a motorcycle, a beautiful, beautiful um, BSA or Harley or whatever, right? So one person will come up to that bike and all he'll want to do, he or she, is to take it apart and put it back together and know the intricacy and the connection of every part in that bike. Another person comes along and goes, wow, incredible, and absorbs the beauty of it into a, you know, in a joyful, blissful sense doesn't care anything about the me the mechanics of it whatsoever. So the, he, he talks about these are two different kinds, basic personalities in the world. Yeah. I'll be the guy that went by the bike and went, whoa, <laughs> I don't know where you'd be. Maybe you'd be there too. I don't know. I think so. I think I'm, uh, I was never the, I mean, that's a weird one. I wouldn't say I'm all the way in one spectrum, but there is a certain type of personality that, you know, takes apart their father's ham radio and then the father's all upset and, yeah couldn't get it to work again, that kind of thing. I never really quite had that, but I'm also very computery and I love to figure out how to get this okay. thing to work and get in there. But I would maybe, if I had to pick one behind the voting booth, I'm more <laughs> appreciate the motorcycle. You don't need to take it apart. Yeah. Well, you got that other side to you though. That's pretty great, actually. Very great. Um, Especially in okay. today's world where we're basically, we've moved into the computers entirely. Yeah, yeah. So Tibetan Buddhism being, in my mind, the most sophisticated reality that gets presented in any kind of context that we can try to understand. Not Catholicism? Catholicism. I'm just joking. No, no, I'm saying, no, you know, every one of these traditions has a mystical part that's real and, yeah. and does, does point in the same way to all of them. So, yeah, including Catholicism. Um, anyhow, Naropa went there and he brought uh, Buddhism, which had mostly been called, uh, uh, the religion at that time was Bon, B-O-N, 
which was uh, more animistic in nature and so on and so forth. And then uh, emerged Pod. This is like a, somebody's going to, my Buddhist friends are going to kill me. How <laughs> dare you even try to explain anything? Uh, Beats letting you, me explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and plus, you'll get more engagement maybe this way. This way, you'll get more comments and things, people correcting you. And oh, yeah, that's right. the trick yeah, getting yeah, more, yeah. getting people to come alive. Nothing gets people to come alive than wanting to correct you. Yes, that's it. Perfect. Perfect. Anyhow, what emerged or who emerged at that time is Padma Sambhava, who is the, the great guru of Tibet. And in fact, all the way to today. So I don't know what, 12th, 13th, 14th century. I haven't, you know, it's in there somewhere when he was alive. And what he did was there was all these secret teachings represented by objects or actually uh, written on parchment or something. And he put them in different places. And they have over these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years They've emerged through dreams that somebody, oh, go pick up that rock over there by somewhere, and there it is. And then they take it and they um, establish it in terms of study. You know, the, the whole monastery is going through and studying this terma, and, or, or it's being revealed in one way or another. Cool. All the way to today. They're I mean, still, they're still yeah. uncovering new ones? Yeah. Do we know how many there are? No. Uh, it's a lot though. It's not a crazy thousands, I don't think, but I, th- I think it may be in the hundreds, you know. That's so cool. Like that. I love yeah. the, it reminds me of something about, um, the way ayahuasca is put together, like the shaman in Peru or wherever it was first, uh, concocted, like the way they figured it out was that the forest told them they just had a dream that if you combine this over here with this, yeah. like seemingly unrelated things, it'll put together this magic spiritual portal thing and the fact that people will have dreams and just know that it's under this rock or somewhere it's that's pretty seemingly seemingly yeah seemingly unrelated yeah (laughs) we are related it's the only type of related i guess or a seemingly type of unrelated is the only type (laughs) seemingly so uh we're talking about tibetan buddhism in this moment and uh i came across i i just came, by the way i just came back from india a few weeks ago the himalayas right yeah yeah exactly uh it was incredible sitting in front of those mountains. how long had it been since you were back there well three years the three since, years like of the pandemic. pandemic okay yeah yeah so a little a little while yeah yeah, well, I was going every year, you know, that was my retreat was going to India. I have family up in, in that area and, and, you know, all of my history there with uh, Ram Das, Krishnas and friends. So uh, anyhow, I did do that and I took one book that I got before I left uh, that just came out or just now came out in November here, nine, uh, 2022. And it's from, do you know who Pema Chodron is? Let's uh Pema Chodron children yeah. no uh okay no. this is fabulous then i can't wait you get to, to turn introduce. me on yeah cool. it's my favorite thing in the world <laughs> uh, like you know people i met up with people in india you know and it was great turning them on they had never been there before and turned them on to different places and we had 
a great time. Uh, you know, that's fun. Yeah. When people light up, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I always, you, you kind of get stuck in rut in life where you're like, am I, is this it? Did I figure out all the cool things already? Like I already discovered Ram Dass and Terrence McKenna and John Coltrane. <laughs> is that, is there no more like getting lit up again? And then like two years later, whenever you find like another thing that you obsess over for, for months and teachings that you're just, you can't imagine having moved mm. forward without those yeah. teachings. So yeah, yeah hit yeah. me what yeah. you got. Um, it's a book called, well, first of all, Pema Chodron. Now, I've been mouthing off about this for an, since I came back from India. I did a podcast with my old partner, David Silver. On Oh, cool. Uh, we went through the book. She's uh, quite old now and not that well, so she it doesn't do a lot try, in terms of getting her on a podcast. Uh, so we did that. And then anybody I talk to in my regular ongoing life, you have got to read this book. <laughs> oh my! You know, I'm a complete proselytizer for payment. I'm gu I'm guilty of that too. Like uh, whether it's Sapiens or some science fiction thing, every few years, like you just become evangelical towards. Yeah. Like you need to know this. Yeah, and and the reality is, it's like uh, your intention is bringing joy to somebody, joy, wisdom, something positive, right? You had a positive vibe from whatever this thing is, and you're going to give that to somebody else. I had a positive vibe from this book. So, in other words, the intention and motivation um, takes you out of the me-me land that yeah. Duncan and I talk about all the time these days. And that that's, uh, that's a, a new, beautiful, like crystal. Like you've had the crystal of Ram Dass's stuff or... Terence McKenna, whoever it may be. But this is an even more profound crystal. It's being able to give whatever resonates with you, no matter what it is. It could be worldly, yeah. it could be, you know, but whatever it is, that that motion to me is what a lot of what we're doing here is all about. Yeah, it's all about the like, giving, the spreading, yeah. the um, yeah. the charging others with it. And it, it's not like it leaves you. It's like it, it can only grow it's not by giving it away that you're like then losing the crystal. It's helping it exactly. multiply a positive virus yeah. in a way. Exactly. But how did this come into your life? Which? This book? book. Yeah. Um, well, I'm quite familiar with her because she uh, is a, a Tibetan monk, but she had a family as well. And she was um, I thought very... that wasn't allowed. Or was it just not? No, it is allowed. Oh. They they have something that gets it allowed because there's a bunch of them that got families. They got a lot of kids. So something's going on there. Is it a loophole like the, the Orthodox Jews <laughs> with the light switch on Sunday? Or is it like accepted <laughs> in a like more formal way? Oh, God. That reminds me of Larry David when he went out <laughs> with this Jewish lady and she took him home, you know, to have sex. and But she was an Orthodox Jew. And before he went there, he thought, well, the only way this is going to happen is if I put a hole in the sheet. Jews, got, <laughs> yeah. that's how they do it. You cover everything, you put the hole in the sheet, and that's it. And he gets over there with his sheet. And she looks up and says, Larry, what is that? And he goes, well, it's a sheet with the hole. And she throws a light at him and tells him to get out. Oh, boy. All time great. I was yeah. just uh, um, speaking of Larry David. Do you remember the Seinfeld where George tells his boss off and then 
you know, just swears at him and quits yeah. and then gets home and realizes like, oh, I still need this job. What am I going to do? And then Kramer tells him, well, just go back and pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> pretend you were joking. That actually happened with Larry David at Saturday Night Live. He told off the producers in front of everybody oh, really? and just quit. And then the next day came back and be like, what? That? I was just uh, I was joking around. I was joking around. <laughs> and uh, it, it worked. He I kept his it. job. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Larry David. Uh, okay, so Pema Chodron is a very close student of Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. Rinpoche, yeah. Who is the greatest uh, interpreter of Tibetan Buddhism in the West, in my mind, and many, many people. Um, have you read any of, of his stuff? Not like full things, but so many stuff. just yeah. random quotes just come into yeah. my life that yeah. I... I do plan on reading full texts of it. Spiritual materialism, everybody. Mm. Take a gander at that. Yeah, no, it's quite unbelievable. So she was uh, very close to him. And over the years, she has written the most plain spoken books about how you can take this, these ideas, these teachings, and, and really use them in your day-to-day life. She is incredible at that. So she really took a page from her teacher, from Chogyam Trumpa, and, and really has carried that tradition on. So it's called How We Live is How We Die. Ooh. How We Live is How We Die. Yeah. And, and is it spelled like Padma, but with a Y instead of a D? Padma? No, Pema. But, P- but it's spelled like Padma, P-A-Y-M-A? No, no, P-E-M-A, like it sounds. Oh, Chodron, C H O D R O N. Chodron. There you go. Yeah, of course cool. we'll have it in the show notes, everybody. How We've we had it every week. We Probably you're all getting sick of me talking about this. But <laughs> this this can be so highly advantageous to getting every one of us in, improving the transformation from me me to we we. Let's yeah. start there. Well, um, maybe the repetition will help. Uh, it's stick in case people haven't checked it out yet. And, and I just- absolutely think that's actually very important. The redundancy of, I mean, like with Ramdask, because it's part of my day-to-day quote-unquote work, you know, directing the foundation, uh, of course I'm listening to a lot of different uh, material from Ramdas, And, uh, the wonder for me is, yes, I've heard this before, but some slight inflection, a difference of, a, of the way he uh, presented that particular story even, which I've heard a million times, or the way in which I suddenly become uh, open to realizing more of the profundity of that particular uh, teaching or, or story or whatever it is. So I totally believe in redundancy in terms of going back to books or or talks, or, or whatever, uh, yeah. from anybody that uh, that does it for you. So this is so here's this is the start of the book. This is a book about fear of death. More accurately, the book presents a question: How do we relate to the most fundamental of all fears, the fear of death? So I, that's a question for you. How do we relate to? How it? do you? How do you relate? to the idea of uh, when you think of death uh, and you actually, even if you could close your eyes and just pretend a little bit, some little twitch is going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. The fact that you no longer exist as this personality that you identify as yourself, all of the incredible people that you love and animals and uh, on and on, work and on and on and on. Suddenly, boom. Yeah. It's the bardo. The it bardo is. of this life into the bardo. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do I relate to it? Well, my yeah, and first, you're, you know, you're only 22 years old or something. So <laughs> 20, but the, the first uh, instinct is to want to, you know, be in denial of it, push it away, block it, just drown it with any sort of um, opposite energy that you can. But the, the true way to relate to it is by facing it and recognizing that it is not an end death is not the end it is change it is uh there's no such thing as death in when we imagine it being just well it's nothing it's blackness it's just empty even even the stars themselves when they go supernova there's a pulsar still there in where there was a star like nothing ever is gone, gone. It just transforms into the next state. And you might find that afterwards, when you're in that state, you then you don't want to die in that state. You're you're already and we already have died many times, whether it's uh through our musical taste, our food taste, our friendships, our ideology, like what our ideology might have been when we're 10 might be completely opposite as what it is today. So in that sense, that version of me died and then it became this. New Bardo. New Bardo. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the death of the the human three-dimensional incarnation is is the ultimate one to face because that's just one you and I have never done before. And we know it's coming and it comes for everybody. And unlike the the small deaths, it's a it's a big transformation. And the mystery of it, I can't I can't say. I have ideas, but I can't say exactly what what transpires as soon as I leave this body. I have hopes and I feel like I can rule a lot of things out. But then again, I I don't know if I can even rule those out. I just know that it's change and that awareness is eternal. The 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 small I am is temporary, but the big I am, like I amness, is it's I amness. You can't get rid of I am. It's it's forever. It's I am. Yeah, that's the mantra that I am. Well, you just expressed it all beautifully, uh, and you now I don't think you even need to read. The Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yes, I do. This is just speaking. I don't. <laughs> I can speak stuff, but not f- encompass it in my in my whole being. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm of course afraid yes. of death and affected by death. And I mean, uh, like our cat here. Like we had a death scare with him. He was in the oh. hospital for three days, so we like processed that death during those three days. Like kind of imagining nonstop, like oh, this could be it. I don't know if he's going to make it. Mm. Or uh, you know, relatives dying, friends dying. Like it's it's easy to just say like, well, they're they're still I am. They've just you know converted from this three dimensional state into their yeah. light body awareness thing, whatever. But it's still it's still tough just yeah. uh, them being gone. You know, Ramdas had a great thing actually about grief. So there, the reality is, and he used to say this a billion times. Uh, you can live on more than one plane of consciousness at the same time. And the perfect example of this is what you just explained. There is the knowledge. This is not the end. That love that I have for this 
in this case your cat or a relative, whoever it may be, that love is absolutely indestructible. It comes from nowhere and it goes nowhere. It is the fabric of of everything. Love is a shitty word, though, because <laughs> mostly it's love is a business between us all. You know, relationships. Yeah. You know, all of it. If you don't like me, I'm I'm not going to like you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but the ability to really grieve in one moment and know that we are connected, whoever that being might be, uh, in a way that's indestructible. And that we can rely on that. Yes, it's a lot of it's intellectual, as you say, but there's some place where each one of us does know. I think it's a great thing to, to uh, realize that we can live in these two places when things like this happen. You know, I think. Yeah. Maybe even more than two places, but just two is a good, good starting. At least two. More, he said more than one plane of consciousness at the same time. Yeah. Uh, however that uh, falls for any individual. Um, so she says here, it's less common uh, for people to open themselves fully to the inevitability of their own death and any fear that may provoke and to live their lives accordingly. Now here's the thing right here. I have found that those who do open themselves in this way are more engaged in life and more appreciative of what they have they are less caught up in their own dramas and have a more beneficial effect on other people and on the planet as a whole. So if anybody out there goes, I am, I'm 24 years old. What, what the fuck are you talking about? This is not something I need to be thinking. Were you thinking about this? Well, in reality, of course, I was with Neem Karoli Baba at that <laughs> moment and everything was like completely homogenized inside of me you know, and, and most of the time. What a what a cool! I I mean, I realize that's a trap, also, but that's that's so cool that you got to actually be there and have those experiences where it's not like oh now no one can ever reach that because it's already inside all of us. But the fact that you got to be near that old man in the blanket and watch it blend, or not even just watch, but experience reality blend into everythingness. That's, that's a, the, yeah, that's that's a special by, incarnation you got there. Yeah, homogenized. I actually think, though, I, we, there's a new book that just came out uh, called Whisper in the Heart. It's people's uh, experiences with Neem Karoli Baba after he left the body, you know, which is 50 years ago next year. Holy Oh, shit. it's all after he left. All after. Visitations directly, like manifesting a body to them. Dreams. Krishna Das, Ram Das talk, uh, seeing us in any way, just hearing us something, you know. In it many happened to my ways. friend, uh, Arshan really? Nair. Yeah, he's a he's an Indian artist, a visual artist, brilliant visual artist. And he he discovered Neem Karoli Baba from a vision before he even knew who he was. Like the he came to him in a dream and then later like found the picture of him. I was like, that's, that's oh, really? him from the, the dream. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. He's, by he the way, says it in a podcast, like he's got the longer version of it, but. Oh, um, really? Tell him, uh, uh, somehow connect him up with me because we're still collecting these stories. Uh, if, uh the book is out, but we're doing something online. So it'd be great. Oh, to like an extended story. version. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he'd so love to help, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the way that 
when I said homogenized, not a word I've used before to describe anything like this, <laughs> but the way that it permeated every cell from what you were, what, with what you said, you know, a being, well, no more business. Okay. Maybe there was no business when I was a baby with my mother that was completely one way. She was giving one way. There was no expectations of anything coming back whatsoever. But I had forgotten about that when I was 23, 4, when this happened. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is real. This is real. It, you know, it was, aside from the wonder of it and being in it and all of that, the idea that this, this, this can happen yeah. for everybody, you know, that was a big deal, a very big deal. So, uh, was your faith ever shaken in the last, like, uh, in in the time following that? Did you ever go through periods of like, did any of that even happen? Am I just losing it? Is it is it really just maybe it's all just glib and a stochastic unfolding of the matter and energy, and there is no love? No, no. Oh, no. unshaken the whole time. That's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I had. In fact, one day while I was with him in physically. Some some young guy came and he was very nervous about being there. And he kind of came, he didn't believe in gurus and he kind of came to test Maharaji. And, and when he was having a hard time, Maharaji said, what's up with him? Kind of thing. And well, he's really not sure of what's going on. Somebody, no, maybe it was me. I think it was me that said, he's. I said something, he's not sure what's going on. And Maharaji went, put his face right up to my face and pointed like this and said in English, doubt. And it was about me. I don't know what that guy got. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, that. Oh, he sensed the doubt in you. He, yeah, there is in everybody. There is, of course, if, especially if you're living more in polarity than anything else. Yeah, then, then you're more likely to get into that space. But <laughs> doubt, no. yeah, doubt. He, there's only one video that I've found of him, and that voice. It's like it it pierces you instantly. Like the, and I think he's just saying "ram ram ram." Yeah, the, that's yeah, that's actually that's an audio recording that we have. Yeah, that's the only time you hear his voice. He no actually, one sounds like that. He's got like that's the no. only voice I've heard that sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, right. it's a very special cosmic register of. Did you see this? Oh, this is good <laughs> for a commercial. Did you see a brilliant disguise? This movie we just put out was in the theaters. It's about our mentor. It's called the Samadhi of KC Tuari. Brilliant. No, disguise. I haven't. Oh, Wait, you're you, saying it just came out in theaters? It just went through a theater run. It was in LA. I just never got in touch with you. I'm sorry. I was. Uh, oh, is it over? If so, I'll have no, to see it like online or something. It's online. That's it. Most pe a lot of people wrote and said, "Listen, I ain't going to no theater. When is it online?" So it just went online <laughs> the other day, and yeah, tell everybody about it because it gives you. It's really darshan of Neem Karoli Baba through this man, and this man when it was an extraordinary yogi that was able to go into states, either just hanging out with Maharaji. In fact, in one of the scenes in the film, you see Maharaji bringing him out of the samadhi by hitting him on the head. 
And no, I'm talking no pulse, no breath, because Maharaji would say, get a mirror, see if he's got breathing. You know, it's, it's good for Westerners that couldn't believe anything. And yeah. uh, he was our teacher. He was assigned by Maharaji. You take care of the Westerners. And there's a great story in the movie. It, it features Krishna Das, who was the uh, primary student of this, of K.C. Tuari, and was part of his family. And, and I was very close to and Jai Utah and people like that. Uh, yeah, so it's, and he sings the kirtan, right? Who? Uh, um, Krishna Krishna Das does. Okay, there's Krishna in there. There's Trevor Hall. There's Jai Utah in the soundtrack. Yeah, cool. Um, but it's interviews like with me and Krishna about our experiences with him and other people. Go to here's the commercial. Go to ramdas.org slash brilliant disguise. And it's use the like, code brilliant for zero percent off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it's nine bucks or nine nine something. Ten That's bucks. a steal. That's nothing. It's, 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 it's nine nothing. Cents. And and it's uh, part of a fundraiser for Love Server Member Foundation, which I was so I was going to say to you, hey, tell everybody about it. Uh, but that has footage that uh, mostly has never been seen before of a high end. Somebody not just uh, there's other footage that's low end you know, camcorder kind of stuff, eight millimeter back then. And no, somebody came with real cameras um, and doing a movie called Sunseed, which is worth watching as well. And Maharaji said, no sound. At first he said, no, forget mm. about it. And then that makes sense. one of our um, other uh, mentors, KK Shaw, he inveigled him. Come on, they wanted to see Ram Dass's friends. So he said, okay, but no sounds. But the video is extraordinary and worth it. I, for you, my friend, please do watch it. It's, for that, it's worth the price of admission, just that. Do you, but, do you feel like he was, um, the, the guy was too uncomfortable to, to press on for, come on, Maharaji, just give me, give me a little bit of sound. It doesn't have to be all sound. Or do you uh, feel like he was afraid that, oh, the, I've already stepped my The boundaries. director who was there, he... He was frozen. He wasn't. He didn't say a word about anything. It was KK who who said, "Oh, come on, these yeah. people are very good people." Blah blah blah. Because this and, might be different, but I remember how Ram Dass uh, or um, Maharaji told Ram Dass, "Like, don't tell anyone about me." And yeah. of course, you know, he did the opposite. But I'm wondering if, like, that was always his intention. Like, of course, tell people about. About me, but seems don't tell to people be. About me. I mean, there's like this yeah, contradiction, now, you know. Yeah, now that you know, there's millions of people who now know. So I think that's what was going on. It was a fun game, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and there is the trap of you know whatever you want to call it, the cult of personality. And when you try to spread the teachings, and it becomes too much about the worshiping of the the individual. I know that's the yeah. trap, but also it's yeah. it's still there's so much to be learned when. It's talking about an individual because we're individuals. Yeah. But in this particular case, and this is, of course, my personal experience and nothing but, uh, that there wasn't a person in that blanket. That the way we understand, the way I'm talking to you, I'm a me, you're a you. And, you know, we, we open up in a way that's quite beautiful, actually. And so there's a sense of that um, uh you know, unconditionality. It's all okay. We're cool. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And, it, and uh, you knew that instantly when you met this being. So there wasn't a thing about a cult, 
well, he was against cults, by the way. He was against, you know, he was breaking the caste system left and right uh, during the time we were with him, you know. Uh, so, but basically, we knew it wasn't about this uh, later on, not maybe in the moment, because the body, you know, it was like the biggest scoop of hagen <laughs> You never had hagen <laughs> before? And then you had, I use hagen because I like hung, it could be Jerry's. Uh, <laughs> ben and Jerry. Uh, hagen has better uh, uh, straight-up flavors, and Ben and Jerry's has more... Uh, too Fruity, much stuff tooty. in it, yeah. which is because the one of the founders, if you didn't know this, he he can't taste. Yes, no, I I know I know uh, Ben actually Ben. Oh, Cohen. you per- know him personally? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, just met him at different Ben Greenfield. Yeah. Green, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Um, anyhow, it was like that. That's you know when we were there, but after time went on, we realized this is not what this is about. This isn't about a somebody to give up to or anything like that. This is about the well that's inside us that we let go into. It's not mm-hmm. about an external nothing. And uh, of course, we were well, uh, I mean, without him saying anything, most of us got taught in the Vipassana, the, uh, the Theravadan tradition of Vipassana meditation. That was our grounding, most of us. And he would send us there, but he wouldn't send us there. He'd say to me, are you going to the course? In English, he'd go, course? We go, course? And, you know, it was like little kids. Okay, we'll go to the course. I don't know what the course is. I don't really care. I don't want to go, but he was like trying to get rid of us. Mm-hmm. And then, but we all have established, you know, wonderful grounding practice using breath, using your, your intrinsic breath. That's another thing. Everybody, if you're looking for a practice that can just give you the fundamentals of getting that monkey mind off your back, uh, this is, in my estimation, the best one to start with. Vipassana, insight meditation. Anyhow. um, We forget how important that is, just maybe because it's so easy to access that we write it off and are constantly looking outwards. And I know we're talking about films and books and stuff, which I still will always love, but the breath, we gotta, you gotta focus on the breath at least for 10 minutes, at least for five minutes. Yeah. At least for Absolutely. 10 seconds. Yeah. And um, there's some great tutorials around this with, uh, here's another Sharon Salzberg and Jack Cornfield. And Love Joseph the Goldstein, the three amigos, brought this practice back from uh, Burma and India and Thailand. And uh, if you go to Sounds True, you look for uh, Insight Meditation, and it's Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg. Soundstrue.com? Yeah. Cool. And you'll be able to pick up the whatever. It's probably yeah, streams or downloads, whatever. Um, and, and that will go a long way to helping create a, a day-to-day foundation. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this isn't about joining anything. There's no joining, nothing. <laughs> this is about if you feel like you've been so screwed up in your life and so unhappy and you, you're motivated to change, you know. And yeah. It takes practice to change and that's a fundamental practice. 
Have you seen uh, this? There's this new Jonah Hill Netflix movie called Stutz about his therapist. And I just felt called to watch it all of a sudden. And the guy just basically has these great tools that uh, one, one of the main ones that stuck with me was this thing called the life force. And if you're stuck and you don't know what to do, like, wh- what do I do next? What should I do with my life? Where am I going? Like, you forget all that. You don't try to solve it. You just focus on your life force. And your life force is just these three things. It's body. So like, you know, get into your breath. You sit still. Like nutrition, exercise. We forget that we're using our body. The other one is you need people. If you're not associating with people, talking with people, having friends, even if it's having lunch with someone you don't even find that interesting, like if you just go make it happen, you're going to get something out of it. You need Mm -hmm. to have some connection Mm -hmm. with people. And then the third was yourself. You need to somehow be reflecting with yourself. Just write down whatever is happening with you right then. And we just often forget these these three things, like just breath, breathing, have some connection with human beings. And it doesn't have to be the greatest writing in the world. It doesn't even have to be words. Just somehow mirror yourself, reflect, write on the thing. And just remember that that's your, that's the life force, which you can, you can this grow is, your energy from. This is central to this film. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the guy is, I haven't even finished the film yet. It's just in the first 10 minutes and I loved this part of it, but the, the guy is this therapist for movie stars and Mm -hmm. the Hollywood types that I guess it's a specific type of ailment. Cause I'm guessing that he mainly treats people who's, who don't have financial worries. Cause normally if you're at a big famous movie star, that's probably not your concern. Your concern is probably, Oh, I got all these worldly things and I'm still, unhappy what's wrong i thought that was the answer why isn't this fixing everything so Uh he he has good tools for for that Uh and a a lot of it it's not unique it's just uh like we said it's a reframing of Uh of of truths and i just love collecting reframings of uh and that's what everything the truth that's what everything is it really is going as far back as as uh, one can go s-t-u-t-z yeah it's the guy's name Okay. Netflix. Mm-hmm. What would we do without Netflix? Uh, watch Hulu, HBO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the time would be wasted elsewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't be uh, productivity, though. Yeah. Do you, do you struggle with productivity at all? Do you find yourself being like, ah, I should have finished this uh two weeks ago and I still it's on my to-do list and it's stale now or do you, do you find that you're you're as productive as you'd like to be you know going to India was a real teaching about pulling back from this gigantic uh, responsibility uh, rupa they call it in India, a form of, I've got to do this. I am going to do this no matter what happens. (laughs) So I'd say I was on the opposite spectrum of this thing. And I realized it in India because I completely, you shut down there, you shut down all that stuff. And I did sitting in front of the Himalaya and coming back, I'm realizing 
I, that pause has to take place more often or else what I think I'm doing in terms of being 100% productive and responsible, uh, there's something missing there. And it yeah. gave me a, a bit of a, a, a teaching. So it was, it was the other way. Uh, how to, That's it? good to know. I should adopt this. Yeah, do, do <laughs> yeah. less. Get less things done. Make a uh, to not do list. Exactly. Exactly that. There's a great uh, quote from that book I was telling you about. Oh, how we live is God. how we die? Yeah. No, no. And the other one. Uh, which is uh, around uh, how to uh, flourish with uh, parenting and work at the same time. Here, here's the quote. Oh, that's uh, the first one you told me. Yeah, about. that's yeah. the first one. Work, parent, thrive. Um, Yael Schoenbrunn. Um, so here's the quote. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including mm. you. <laughs> Annie Lamott. Anne Lamott. And uh, you know who Anne Lamott is? No. Oh, you, if you like reading books, she's one of the most entertaining, penetrating, insightful writers that has a way of putting words together that is uncommon. Anne Lamott. Lamott. Yeah. And like m more um, philosophy, self-help or fiction or everything? She comes from a Christian tradition, actually, and it's more... Um, it's very humorous and gives you an idea through situational stuff, uh, insights that you, you wouldn't have arrived at. You would in this case, because of the way she sets it all up and the, the, her exquisite, uh, handling of language and being able to convey ideas through c different conceptual, uh, idioms. It's really phenomenal. She is phenomenal. Cool. She's going to be. We have a next uh, week, actually, at the beginning of December, we're going to be doing a big retreat in Maui, Ramdas, that we used to do with him, but we continued, uh, and uh, he's very much there, actually. And Anne is going to be part of uh, our presentation team, which you all, by the way, this is just, this podcast is just a bunch of commercials. <laughs> but you can all watch that if you go to ramdas.org slash retreat. It's free. You get live stream uh, at least half or two thirds of the session. So, yeah. And if you do an episode of all commercials, it's like there's no commercials. So, if it was fifty percent commercials, people are gonna, you know, be turned yeah, off right, by that. Did. But if you never give them the taste of non-commercials, then it's just all just all regular content, ad free. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's something else that is a gigantic gigantic insight into the reality of the formative, the most formidable way we can transform our um, stuck in our minds and our stories and our mini me thing, you know, our self-seriousness, our uh, motivation for protection, comfort, get away from anything that doesn't feel good. I, we don't want, you know, discomfort. No. And in India, of course, you can't avoid it, which is another good reason to go to India and get that confrontation. <laughs> you mean uh, like with the, you know, toilet stuff, showers? Everything. Uh, every, I, personal I, space. Yeah. All of, well, yeah, there's 1.4 billion people. It's a yeah. bit difficult <laughs> on the personal space. Uh, no, I was in a hotel. They put a beautiful new section right by the ashram that I first went to 50 years ago. 
And it was wonderful. We thought, what a great world, just beautiful forest all around in the hill. It's rained for six days, 24-7. The monsoon blew back just after we got. So it was raining inside the room and the hotel. (laughs) We were in the hotel with umbrellas going up and down the stairs to get to the room. (laughs) India is uncompromising. So I want, here's a, here's a quote. Were Were you aware of it at the time? You're like, this is equal to being sunny outside. This is the experience. This is what I'm here to, to do. Or were you still like, ah, I wish I'd gotten here a week later. No, I was like, this is a miserable, screwed up <laughs> moment, and I don't like it. <laughs> it was cold and wet, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I, it's probably both, though. And it's funny that I still ask these questions when I, I know very well that you're you're experiencing the duality most of the time, probably. Yep. yep. Like, this exactly. is miserable, and it's beautiful, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Maybe that's going too far. I might say this is miserable, but I I see how I am pushing away the discomfort, and that's okay. I, I'm human, so I can push yeah. away a little bit if I, you know, that kind of mindfulness. I mean, I that's folks. If you at least get into some day to day kind of practice that steps you out of your belief and your bullshit into a little bit more of who we truly are. If you do that long enough, you actually get to a point where you stop reacting the way you used to react uh, to everything, all phenomenon, people, situations. Uh, it doesn't grab you. And when you do get grabbed, you can see it in a much more spacious way. You're not, it, it, maybe it's only 10 seconds instead of That's a hours. lot. That's like sprinting, though, like point. Oh, two seconds in a sprint yeah. is the yeah, difference yeah. between first place and not even on the, right. the roster. Or Formula One, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, even, even more. I think, what's that, like a hundredth of a second yeah. or something uh, yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. But yeah. it makes me think that, you know, getting this space emotionally in your reactions and recently having visited my niece and nephew and they're just, you know, babies, and you watch them go through these tent- temper tantrums mm-hmm. over seemingly nothing, and your first thought is like, oh, they're children. They can't control their emotion, blah, blah, blah. But then you think, I'm I'm kind of no different than that. I'm just a little bit better than what a toddler is. But I'm still not uh, a full being <laughs> of light. Like I'll still get frustrated in the car or with this bill or something that happens with, with something. Like we'll still have the internalized temper tantrum and realize later that, oh, I was in my feelings. I was upset. I didn't know how to navigate it. I didn't have the the space, but we're, we're still growing in that sense. There's always still work to be done. And you got to just say, it's okay. As Jack Cornfield always says, we're human. It's okay. Do you see that stuff that's going on? We have a orifice, uh, we're a big hole and we put stuff into it. (laughs) Alien orifice. Yeah. And if you ever watch yourself have sex, it's Awful. All you the should. time. <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow, yeah, it's okay to be... I mean, Ram Dass, he'd get into a state, right? Uh, a negative emotion or thought. And his his mindfulness was took place like this. Wow. How did I get here? <laughs> That's what he would say. How did I get here? Oh, it's so... Um, you may find yourself. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, lyric, yeah. But <laughs> uh, exactly. Good old David Byrne. Yeah, good old David Byrne is right. Um, 
Okay, so uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, we talked about him before as one of the great transmitters uh, of uh, the teachings of Tibetan Buddhism. So uh, Pema said to him one day, um, what, do, what do I do when I die? <laughs> what do I do? What to do when I die? He said, train now in resting in open awareness, which is a whole practice, everybody, that's, uh, it's not complex, but it's not easy to just start doing that. You need to have the grounding of something like insight meditation. And if at the time of death you feel fear or other emotions, do tonglen for all the others who are dying and feeling these same things. Tonglen is an incredible practice of uh, ascending and taking. We, we, uh, we breathe in not just our discomfort, but the discomfort of all. Mm-hmm. And then we breathe out the uh, transformed energy. So it's a great, uh, a great, a, a wonderful practice. So, Tonglen? Tonglen. T O N G L O N. Yeah. And he goes on to say, so he says, if you feel like in that moment, just conceptually, this, this goes into why are we here at all? us humans so if you feel that fear so you're you're doing this practice for all the others who are dying and feeling these same things right think of relieving them of their suffering and sending them happiness and she said i've been training like this for many years especially when i feel free fear and you don't want to be on the on the deathbed to feel fear we all do quite regularly one way or the other just watch the news. Mm-hmm. I breathe it in and think of others and what they're going through. In this way, I'll open my heart now and then, of course, at the moment of my death. But how is it this incredible uh, Lama, Trumpa Rinpoche, it's a clue to, to everything that the, the moment that you are getting out of the, uh, the self... Uh, entanglement that we are so entangled in the moment that you do that you actually uh, you don't do anything but there the fear gets banished the separation gets banished and and it's just a simple act it's like so ramdas wanted when he met neem karoli baba he wanted to get secret teachings meet a being like this they got to know something secret i can do to get enlightened so he asked what 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 mantra can i get that will will give me complete uh, awareness or whatever he said and maharaji said feed people mm-hmm. and ramdas in his head went now that's a mickey mouse thing to say <laughs> feed people what kind of simplistic what's that going to do my Buddhist friends are out there getting incredible mantras from their teach, Buddhist teachers. But he tried again, and he said, well, how can I get my kundalini rays? Figuring he'd go into a yogic kind of a deal. And Maharaji said, love everyone. Mm. And that's how Love, Serve, Remember came about. And that is the only thing we really got from him of a, a quote-unquote teaching. The rest of it was having fun with us. He did say it's all one, you know, things like that. Uh, but so the reality is 
that's what our whole uh, raison d'etre, they say in French, you know, the reason for being is that. And it goes all the way. Like when you, if, if you can't get that straight in your lifetime and, and in the moment of death, you remember that one thing, that one thing, you know, give it out. Everybody's going through this. What can you, you know, try and do something for all. all yeah. Things. And in Isn't order beautiful? to, it's, it's the most beautiful and aren't the most, uh, you know, profound things. It's funny that they are the simplest things when you look exactly. at it and you're expecting it to be this intricate, complicated thing that I'll need a cheat sheet to look at and remember exactly. all the, the, the mudras to do to unlock the magic powers. But no, yeah. it's the simple. And in that, it's also sometimes the hardest too exactly. because we, we want the shortcut. We want the investing quick tip. Yeah, but exactly. Nope. Love and feed people. Yeah. And that has many meanings. We think of it as just, you know, some person might say like, oh, so I just go buy bread and peanut butter or something? Like, yeah, I guess that's one way of doing it. But you can feed people in, in many ways. Duncan did that. <laughs> he bought bread and Thanksgiving, peanut butter. Thanksgiving some years ago, he bought a bunch of canned food. I'm going to go down there in my backpack and I'm going to feed people. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and then he went down there. And the reaction of people looking at him askance because I'm going to do something for for you <laughs> was the vibe. And he described his uh, nature in, in a very funny way. As yeah. Can, you know. I think... Uh, Duncan's going to be there too, by the way, next week. Oh, really? Oh, he goes every year, I think. Well, or maybe he, tries. he missed Last year, year when... he couldn't go because he couldn't get a COVID babysitter or some crazy shit. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he's got the two munchkins now. Yeah. I mean, he's got the two munchkins for years now. But uh, what was I saying with that? Um, the the uh, Having a cat is a good teacher for for that and not doing something for the reward because you don't get a reward oftentimes. In fact, you might get swiped at for... For yeah, doing that right. act of feeding yeah. and giving, but you still do it. And I'm not doing it so that he can look at me and say, thank you, or give me a nice head rub. It's I do it because because it's love. There's nothing I else love to him. do. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He's okay, by the way? Because we saw Yeah, he had, he had some pancreatitis. He was in the hospital for three days. Uh, wow. RIP to my bank account. But other than that, it's, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to give everything for, oh. for the little guy. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, uh, there's a lot more in this book. We have to, everybody, we never met. We sound like we know each other like for 20 that's years. That's crazy. You have to like, I, I, my first thought when you said that was like, that's not true. What about, and then I like cycled back all my memories. Like, you're right. It's trickery. It's trickery through the Zoom. Yeah. But you're in Ojai. That's not far. And uh the pandemic has gotten much better since the last time we spoke, and I think since the the <laughs> time before better. that, it's much better now. Yeah. Has it not gotten a little better? I think, but I still hear people getting it all the time. Have you gotten you know? it yet? Yeah, I got it, and then couldn't go to India. I had to oh. wait till I got uh, through it, and I I went a month later than I was planning on going. Actually, just since you know a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's, it's like a bad flu. Is I got, you know, and uh, I don't want it, but I don't even want a cold, you know. So yeah, me neither. I keep wearing my mask so I don't get a cold. I'm a nerd in that way, too. You know, 
But what do you, um, before we go? Oh, it's already time. Yeah, tell me what you've been doing though. Let's I, see. I, Since the last time we spoke, this has been a a busy year, year so. in terms of doing stuff, and I guess that is how I will recount how my last year has went. But uh, the the highlights of it are I uh, we did a festival for our podcast mind under matter it was in raleigh north carolina at beautiful that's right we were i was trying hey do you want to do something well i got to go do this thing so yeah what happened there so me and shane we put on a festival at lakeside retreats in raleigh north carolina we had uh we had live music we had comedy we had um yoga classes we had meditation classes ice baths um and mm. science talk so it was music mm. comedy wellness and science and oftentimes these festivals are just kind of it revolves all around the music and it's djs and it's loud and it's just kind of which is that's a fine vibe for some people if you're into that but we wanted something more i guess uh low-key sounds boring but i guess less loud and more conducive to making new friends it was a mm. camp out festival. We camped out mm. there for three nights. Um, oh. There was an art walk, like lots of artists came and they'd oh, show their art live. Great. Paint. Yeah, it was 500 people wow. and they went swimmingly. And even though one day there was a lightning storm and it rained and everything oh, had God to be shut did. down because of the music equipment, we still just huddled in the tents, got into the yurt, did like impromptu performances. It was just completely oh. magical time. Then after that whole festival, we come back here and then I did my first solo art exhibit at Main Street Gallery downtown in Los Angeles. That was a lot of fun. Very nerve wracking to fill up that space. And I'm not that um, well versed in the serious art world, you know, the world of like white walls and like it's spaced out (laughs) a lot and people are walking around with champagne. So that was kind of alien to me, but it was fun. I met lots of great people there. I wish I would have wanted to see some of that. Oh, I'll let you know when the next one is. Please. Yeah. And um, let's see. I I painted some murals over in Austin at Mm. uh, Cap City Comedy Club. And at the yeah. entrance near it also. And Did you see, see Duncan then? In Austin? Yeah. No, he hadn't moved then yet. Oh, he was, oh, and so I was still hoping he was going to move to Los Angeles. And then he changed yeah, his mind because yeah. he didn't, uh, I guess, because the real estate market is just abysmal. Yeah. And yeah, totally. they couldn't get what they wanted, which is understandable. But um, I'm still going to try to convince him. Maybe you and I can team up. Uh, he doesn't need a house. He can live in, I don't yeah. know, in a cave. He needs Under the his bridge. book, Work, Parent, Thrive, is what yeah. he needs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, all great stuff. Yeah, and then let's see, I, uh, all that stuff gets finished. Yoshi gets sick. We take him to the hospital. Um, yes. I had a new baby niece born. That was fun. I got to go visit her. She's just a, you know, just a little tiny bean right now. And I think that's all I can remember from 2022. I'm sure a bunch will come flooding back to me, but as far as just doing a brief recount of things. I think that was was some things. It's no Himalayas, but I plan to one day. Yeah, you haven't been to India, right? Mm -mm. Uh Mm-mm. No, it's on my my list. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't have to say, you were going to say bucket list, but... uh, What is, I mean, what's the difference between list and bucket? It was bucket, like, before I die. Bucket is like you're going to kick it sooner than later. That's bucket. So Bucket means fast? 
Bucket means you're closer to the to end. death. So that you want to get in going to the Himalayas before that happens. Oh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I could be more well, than middle true. age because middle age is not your age, but I see it as the halfway point between when you die. So there's people who are 10 years old and they're middle aged and they don't even know it. Yeah, but exactly. Hopefully, and, I'm not middle aged and hopefully yeah. it's just on my list list, but yeah. Yeah, perhaps. I know, yeah, people in the 70s who act like eight-year-olds and have the maturity level of it. So age sometimes is not an indicator of much at all, you know? Yeah. And some people are old men in their 20s. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I see my own levels of immaturity, even at my age in the 70s, you know, I see it so clearly. Your 70s? Yeah. Oh, nice. How the hell I'd say I'm like, if I was in my early 20s uh, in 1970, 71, when I went to India, I pretty much got to be in my 70s now. That's wild. Yeah. What do you, what do, you do? Do you do, you do specific anti-aging things or you just, you just naturally, your calmness gives you more? Calmness? No, that's full of shit. <laughs> I'm about as calm, not calm as could be. Uh, no, I just don't take myself that seriously. Honestly, oh, so that's, that's probably, the secret. Luckily, that, that I got that then. Yeah, you got that. That's kind of <laughs> we vibe in that in that plane. So great to have you back here. Sorry, everybody. We, we're trying to get catch up a little bit. Uh, you know, that's what people want. They want the intimacy. They don't need. Uh, it doesn't have to be all about tools and what uh, things they can do or stories. Sometimes. Sometimes they just want to feel like they're in a room with some people talking. And right, listener? Hope you're beautiful. enjoying those dishes or yeah. that drive <laughs> or that spreadsheet uh, you're working yeah. on. And the beauty of this is uh, kind of wonderful. Really, I love doing this with you. So, Likewise. Uh, yeah. We still got to do an all music one at some point and oh, we'll try to right. stay We're on gonna track. We're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm serious. I want to do that. Um, maybe I'll get my friend David Silver involved because he was he, a lot of his career has been around produ- directing and writing uh, great uh, music movies from Marley to No Nukes. With Spring- he spent a lot of time with Springsteen. The oh, thing cool. that Springsteen put out last year was was his. Uh, he was part of the team on that. Oh, one. nice! Yeah, I'm doing so- some Springsteen covers next week. Really? I'm just on bass. I'm not singing it, but me and. Uh, uh, a couple of friends play at Permanent Records Roadhouse. Some gigs occasionally. Wow. Jeez, so in some Atlantic City, bass. some Born to Run. Wow. That's... Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got one right behind this curtain right here. Let's see, where is oh. it? Nope, it's on this side. There it is. Oh, I saw it for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Okay, put the curtain down in front of you. <laughs> Bye bye. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Okay, good, good, good exit. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Ramin. <laughs> we shall see you again. Let's make it happen sooner than later. Yeah, we're going to do that music thing. Now, I mean it for real. Okay. Me too. All right. Love you. Love having you. Love you. Love Buddy. having you. Or love being here. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, this is Mind Rolling on Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and the wonderful array of incredible beings, starting with uh, Ramin's favorite, Sharon Salzberg. And we'll see you next week.